Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you'll find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows to do the same. This is not a grief group. This is your journey, and it just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of your loss. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of the book, Widowed, and of The Widow Coach. I'm also a professionally certified life coach. Let the healing and the personal journey back to who you are begin. Hello, hello, hello. I'm back. I'm back. It's episode 96, you guys. And um, yes, I was kind of MIA for a bit there, but that's because I did the 12-day challenge group on Facebook where I was on Facebook Live every day at noon for 12 days straight, giving um, about an hour of teaching and coaching people. It was amazing. I've never done anything like that before, and uh, I really loved doing it. At first, I'll be honest, I thought, gosh, by the time I got to day three, and I was jumping on live again to work with everybody, and I thought, what have I gotten myself into? Because I was already feeling a little exhausted. But by the next day, I got on, and all my energy was like back there again, and then I just got more energy and more energy. I was really looking forward to it every day. I got to know some of you so very well in the group. That was fun, and I think everybody got at least a little something out of it. Some of you got huge somethings out of it, so it was my pleasure to do that. We really... um in the group, we focused on just being able to rewrite your story, a little bit of your story about the past, because how we feel about the past is really all about how we're thinking of the past in the present moment, right? It's our feelings. Your brain can only think right now, <laughs> okay? You're not thinking, you're not feeling the feelings that you were feeling you know, a year ago or five years ago or when you were a kid, you're remembering those feelings by what you're telling yourself about that story right in the present. So we worked on that. We worked on being able to change our past by rewriting our stories a little bit, seeing them from a new perspective, and then how to be able to begin to project and look forward to the future. I know it sounds like a lot, right? <laughs> For 12 days, it really was a lot. It was like a big journey in 12 days. But those that watched all the videos and participated in it really got it. Um, gosh, I got feedback from that that was so incredible from so many of you that this made a huge shift in your lives for you. This is like one tiny little piece of what I teach. This is like just the beginning, you guys. If you want to go look at that, I actually do still have the videos up and the Facebook group up. It won't stay there forever. I was actually going to take it down at the end of this week. I will leave it up for a little longer. So if anybody else wants to go join, I will add you and you can, all the videos are there. 
right? They were recorded. They stay with the group. As a matter of fact, if you get in the group and look for announcements in the little menu of places, all of the videos are together under announcements. It keeps you from having to scroll through all the comments. You can scroll through all the comments. Just try to watch them in the order of day one, day two, day three, day four. If you want to do that, the group is called Widow Coaching Center. If you search for that on Facebook, you will find the Widow Coaching Center. Click join and I'll add you. If you're, if you're quick, this is the very last day of September in 2018. So if you're listening to this in 2019, the group is gone. <laughs> By then, I hopefully have another one created on Facebook. I may do this again because this just was so rewarding. And um, as of this morning, I have six of you in my next class. So that's kind of exciting to know that there were those of you that participated in this that decided to um, take the leap and do the widow coaches class to learn how to coach other widows and go through also going through 12 weeks of self-coaching instead of 12 days. If you think 12 days made a difference in your life, wait till you see what 12 weeks does. It's just so exciting. I'm really excited to get started on this. And if there's anybody else listening to this that is interested in Widow Coach Certification, um, the next class is starting on September 7th. That's a Friday. That's a week away. So you need to reach out to me right away if you want to get in on that. Right? The next class after that won't be until next year. So if this is really something you think you might want to do, you probably want to get in touch with me pretty quickly here. My email address, you can just drop me a line and email. It's Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, -N, no E, you guys. <laughs> Some of you have misdirected email, J-O-A-N-N -N, at com. Email me if you are interested and we will jump on a phone call and I'll answer your questions about it. So in the meantime today, I do want to talk about something that I had posted a little bit about. Um, I put a post up. What did my post say? I've lost it here. Let me see. Now my screen is frozen and I can't tell you. I think what I posted was that loneliness is not, it's a feeling, not a fact, right? Loneliness is a feeling, not a fact. And, um, there were those that disagreed with that, right? Saying, no, it's a fact. I'm lonely. No, when you're feeling lonely, it's because something has triggered a memory of that feeling, not because you are in fact isolated and alone. The brain is designed to pay attention to pain and danger. That includes painful, scary feelings and loneliness because they get our attention and our brains designed that way to pay attention to pain and danger because our brain's job primary job of our brain is to keep us alive so as we evolved our brain was constantly on the lookout for anything that might be dangerous for us scanning the horizon for tigers right keep us alive when someone posted on that and said, no, lonely, lonely is a fact. 
And before I could even respond, some of you who did the 12 day challenge with me answered and you answered beautifully. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud. They learned so much. Sandy, Sandy, you could, I could not have said it better myself. Sandy posted and said, lonely is not a fact. Alone is a fact. So good, Sandy. And that's it. Exactly. The fact is you're alone. There's nobody else in the house with you. You're alone. Lonely is a feeling, right? It's how you're reacting to the fact you're alone. It's your thought about the fact. And Sandy said, this is such a great illustration of Joanne's CTFAR. I don't own CTFAR, but you know, it could be Joanne's CTFAR. What if, Sandy says, what if given the fact I am alone, instead of thinking I'm lonely, you thought I would like some company and then took action by calling up a girlfriend and making a lunch date. What a beautiful example, right? Wendy came up with another perfect example of why loneliness is not a fact. It's a feeling. Wendy said a perfect example is feeling alone in a crowd. The fact is you're not alone. You're in a crowd. You just feel alone. It's because what you're thinking about that crowd that you're in, right? So the brain tries to make sense of the feeling. Like, why am I feeling this way? Is it because no one is right here next to me at home? And theories about why you're feeling lonely can become confused with facts then it becomes a bigger problem. So just realize you're having this feeling and accept it without overreacting. Like it's okay to feel lonely, right? We could feel lonely a little bit. Feelings are not permanent and are often even a choice we make. We choose to feel that way. But loneliness as a feeling is not permanent. And you can choose to feel differently by thinking differently about being alone. Want to know how to think differently? That's where a widow coach comes in. <laughs> For sure. You gain some perspective on the thoughts that create the feeling of loneliness and how you can recognize them when those thoughts come up. Right? No, I can't tell you one or two thoughts. Like this is the thought that makes you feel lonely because it could be different for every one of us. Our thoughts are just our thoughts. Because loneliness can feel painful, it can confuse you into thinking it's a permanent state and make you believe you're an outcast of some, some type, right? You might even react by withdrawing further into yourself and your thoughts and your lonely feelings. And that's not helpful. If you're feeling lonely because you're constantly telling yourself, I'm all alone. I have to do this all by myself. Nobody cares about me. All those thoughts that make you feel lonely. And as a result, you withdraw further. That's not reversing the loneliness, you're still thinking those thoughts and isolating yourself more. If you reach out and cultivate friendships, that's the healthiest thing to do if you're feeling sad and alone, right? But first you have to change your thinking before you can reach out and cultivate friendships. 
So notice, notice your own self-deflating thoughts, okay? As little kids, we could create stories to explain our feelings. And you know, it's not unusual for children to assume there's something wrong with them if they're not happy. Okay, if they are lonely and sad, children will assume other people don't like them. And this is rarely the case. But making a habit of assuming that can continue into adulthood. And if you're always looking for evidence that you're lonely, and the world sucks, you're going to find it. You're going to find it because we have that, that um, bias of belief. If we're looking for evidence, whatever we're looking for evidence of is what we're going to find. So if you realize you're dealing with an emotional habit, then you know you can make a plan to deal with the loneliness when it arises, when you start to feel lonely. But like I said, it really all goes back to your thinking. And I know I can walk around thinking about myself and my loneliness and the hopelessness of it all, right? Just staring at the floor and feeling sad and lonely. Or I can appreciate what I have and I can enjoy some of my solitary time, but also enjoy getting out and around people. You know, I like fall in love with everyone I meet because that's a decision I made. And it's even part of something I teach. It might even be in just brief passing, right? And I'll share a smile as I walk by. All of that is so much more fun, right? Than walking around all wrapped up in myself and telling myself how hopeless it all is. It's just a matter of shifting your thinking. Sometimes I have to remind myself to do it on purpose, to shift my thinking. Like, let me get out and about let me go fall in love with everybody I meet. It's purely a matter of choosing what I want to focus on. And it's the same for you. You can choose what you want to focus on. So I also have another little observation for you all about loneliness. Okay, this was something that struck me a couple weeks ago. Um, was that song, you know, I, I thought of it as a little piece of you, but the song is actually a little piece of me. Either way sounds appropriate for where my thoughts wandered to. It's all about bits of people. You see, I think I'm so fiercely independent and I always have been. When I find myself picking up on someone else's mannerism, I kind of disdain and that I do it and I stop. And I pick up on other people's mannerisms very easy. If I'm talking to someone from the South, I can just slide right on in there with them. <laughs> right? I do not want to copy someone else. Right? I'm like, no. But one morning, another view came to me. I was sitting at my reading table in the living room with a cup of coffee. And taking such extreme care over making that cup of coffee is something that Jim taught me. He taught me when I first met him um, that making coffee was his ritual. And this whole ritual of coffee making, and he had it down. He taught me his coffee ritual. 
right? And I realized as I was sitting there with that cup of coffee, and I thought, you know, this is something of Jim that has just always stayed with me, and I can allow that. Then I realized allowing others to become a part of my personality means they become a part of me. They're also a conglomeration of all the people they've encountered in life, right? So all of their people that they encountered and became a piece of them also live on in me. So I decided that I could just take comfort in all the parts of my personality that was shaped by those who are no longer here. I mean, how good is that? Sometimes I see my mom. She's in every damn cup of tea I pour. Every house fly that I chase out of my kitchen yelling, you bugger, get out of here. That's my mom. When I roll my eyes and smirk about something, my dad looks out on the world. When I dig in my garden and smile over the smell of the soil, it's my dad, right? And so many, many times a day, Jim is still here in me. Squirrels making a concophony of scolding out in the backyard always makes me run to the window, right? Hands on my hips saying, what is this? (laughs) what is this? Because that's what Jim would do. He loved the squirrels, by the way. Even underlining in my books now is like a piece of Jim that is inside of me. It was something he did that I had hated, (laughs) right? It was initially when we were first married, I was just horrified to see him defacing books. Because, yes, I was of that generation that was raised that you honor and treasure books and they're never defile them in any way. But then I was even more miffed when I tried to read a book after it had been in his hands because it was full of his underlines and it prevented me from forming my own opinion about what's important in the book. His underlines were like a reading distraction. And you know what he would say? He would like puff up with ego and tell me, I've already found the important parts for you. Don't bother reading the rest of that. Just read the parts I've underlined. (laughs) I would toss down the book and stomp off, right? It's like, yeah. But now I find myself reaching for a pen to underline a passage that I want to find again in the book. And it always makes me smile to myself because I know Jim is like right over my shoulder dancing around and pointing and laughing that I'm underlining in my books. So my view on picking up mannerisms or a turn of phrase or a gesture or a new thought from someone else that I admire has really entered a new paradigm in my life. Now I strive to emulate and carry with me the people who are special in my life forever. I look for them. I watch for them to emerge right? I moved through my morning that morning, noticing the various people who would show up in my day through me and taking pleasure knowing they're all still with me. This is quite a crowd, actually. (laughs) Quite a crowd that makes up this Joanne personality. 
To this day, though, I think my mom is here most strongly, for sure, because especially when I thought I would absolutely not mimic someone else and fought for fierce independent of personality, all the times I resisted integrating others into my personality, my mom was right there because she was fiercely independent too. I could see her doing that. There's no resisting this. So let it delight you as you can start to see all the people who kind of show up in a turn of phrase or in something you do. Are you kidding? I have an ex-husband and even he shows up now and then. And I don't begrudge that. <laughs> I don't. I learned stuff from Kevin, right? And there were things that we shared together. And I know that there are pieces of his personality that show up in my personality. And I delight when I show up in my daughter's personality. To me, that's just delightful. Even though she still cringes a little when she says, I open my mouth and you come out, mom. <laughs> that's the way it is. So let it delight you and know you are never alone in life. When you are feeling lonely, stop and think about how many people make up the personality who you are. Think about the entourage you carry with you every day. It's an amazing thing. And email me if you want to find out more about Widow Coaches class and you think you might want to jump in on the class. It's starting a week from today. Again, my email is joanne, J-O-A-N-N at joannethelifecoach.com. And I hope to hear from you. I know there's a couple more of you, I think, that mentioned in the Facebook group that you wanted to do this class, but I haven't heard from you. So if you're listening to this, reach out to me, okay? And we will talk about it. And if you are in, I will get you set up and get you going. I will set you up right and up through the first day of class. I would set someone up as long as we still have places left. We may not. It's, it's getting full, <laughs> but I still do have a few places left. So reach out to me, get out there, find some joy in your day. Watch out for the thinking that makes you feel lonely when you're alone. And maybe try just telling yourself, hey, it's okay to be alone sometimes. I really enjoy it. I love my mornings. So have some joy in your life, okay? And I will talk to you again next week. 